Okay, welcome everybody to another edition of Conversations with Dr. Cowan and Friends. And uh, as probably some of you know, some of the friends are people I'm just meeting, but that's not the case because I've known Adam, what, two years? A year yeah, and a half? On, yeah, two years, just two over years. now. Yeah. yeah. So he's an old friend. You know, one of the things that's happened during the quote COVID is we've all made new friends, uh, at least a lot of us. Uh, so two years, that's like an old friend. Like we go way back. <laughs> seems like a lifetime, Tom. Yeah, seems like a lifetime. Um, so what we're talking about today, uh, we have a new initiative. I think we are sort of calling it a clinic, but that may be the wrong name. Um, and it's called the new biology. I like the word initiative, may, but maybe clinic. And I just thought uh, I would uh, give a little bit of an introduction, Adam, about what this is about for me. And you're going to be the first practitioner staffing the new biology initiative. So then we'll get a chance to hear who you are and why you would want to be part of such a thing, if that's okay. Yeah, that's that's I'm I'm excited to hear what you have to say, Tom, as always. All right. Um uh, well, like always, I'm making it up on the fly. But um so I did medicine for since let's say 1985 till 2000, uh, 2020. So that's 35 years. Family sort of general practice. I usually worked anywhere between four and two and four days a week. I always pretty much was had full patients all the, the day that I worked. So I don't know how many patients that is, but it's a fair amount. And then uh, when I moved from California to New York, I stopped doing medicine. Uh, so the, uh, the question that I wanted to ask myself, why did I stop doing medicine? Well, there was you know, a little bit of legal issues involved, but that wasn't really the main reason. The main reason was after 35 years, uh, I thought I needed a break. Now, interestingly, in, the, in these last two to three years where I haven't seen any patients, haven't done any kind of medicine, we've had lots of people write to us, call us, email us, email me, you know, Tom, I have such and such, can you help me, you know? And a lot of times I actually thought I probably could help them, but I actually decided and stuck to it. I saw nobody as a quote patient or even did a sort of off the cuff, you know, consultation. And I, th when I was thinking about why, because sometimes it actually kind of broke my heart. You know, I heard some story from somebody who was doing something which I would never do and I thought was harmful, but I, I just didn't ever once say anything. So why did I do that? It isn't that like a cruel and heartless thing that I did. Uh, I think there was two reasons. One, because in order for me to do what I think of as effective medicine or counseling people, I I realized I had to be in a certain, I'm not sure what the word is, but like headspace. Uh, 
and for me to just okay i'll talk to you about your medical problems uh just sort of one off it, it's it's sort of like a you know a golfer or a violinist who decides oh i'll just pick up my violin and play every once in a while and you're just not in tune and i so i thought this is not really doing a service to the patient to the person who's asking for help because i'm not really up on my game here and so that was that was the first reason and the second reason was I thought after 35 years, I needed a break to get a perspective on what I had done those 35 years and like where this should go. Now, the people who've been listening to me know that I used to believe in viruses and I used to think genes made proteins and maybe they still do. And there were cells and there's a whole lot of things. Uh, and I think it was really because I allowed myself to get away from it that I could take a look at all these things because I wasn't beholden to thinking in a certain way in order to treat people. So I I got some distance and I think that allowed me to see that in fact, uh, we've been sold a kind of song and dance since the late 1800s about what is real in medicine. And it it's under the rubric of germ theory and cell theory and, you know, endocrine theory and even biomolecules and uh, genetic theory. And when you go looking, you don't really see much evidence that any of these things are actually real. And then you start saying, so what is real and how does that impact how you interact with a person who's not doing well? And I think out of that came this new biology initiative. Uh, so then I thought, well, okay, I'm just going to sit on this the rest of my life and just say, well, if you need help, you're on your own, you know, don't worry about it or something. <laughs> but eventually people started asking me, you know, could I help them learn this new biology initiative, even though in some ways, I just learned was learning it myself. Um, and Adam was one of those people. So can we talk about this, he said. And there was a number of people like this. I, it's sort of called mentoring, but I don't really like that word because that makes it like I know and you don't. And that's just not the way it really is. Uh, so we would talk and we would talk about what's real and what isn't real. And what would you do if somebody said their foot hurts? And what wouldn't you do? And out of that came a way of, of finding out what was wrong with people, finding out what to do about it. And then it got to the point where I thought, well, we could put this into practice. Uh, we could actually uh, use this information to help people. And then then I had to ask myself, do I want to do that? And I heard from inside a resounding no. <laughs> I don't want to step back into that. I think my I'm better served myself and what I can do for the world by being a little distant. I could be wrong about that, but I and then I thought, well, who's gonna do it then? 
And I tell you, the first person I thought of was Adam. Uh, wow. Anyways, who I'm talking to today, I didn't even introduce Adam Willette. Is that's how you say it, your last name, right? That's right. Yeah. Uh, and it turns out Adam was in a transition. And uh, so at one thing led to another. And uh, Adam has agreed to be the first person who you, a pra practitioner, maybe call it, that somebody who, who joins this initiative and we'll, we'll eventually tell you what, how that's going to work and the rules and what you quote get and who you, but the first person you're going to talk to is Adam. And I'm going to be involved, but I can tell you, I don't think I need to be that much involved, but I, I think the reason I'm going to be involved is a lot of it is I just want to see how it all goes. Not that I'm like, has to have to tell Adam what to do, because that's just not accurate. Uh, but it's good to talk to somebody sometimes. I mean, I've done that and every we all do that. And then I, I just want to finish with a story. And I heard this story when I was being interviewed a few days ago. And frankly, I don't even know if the story is accurate, but it sounded accurate. And uh, it gives, I think, a flavor of what what new biology medicine might be. And this was a woman who uh, uh, grew up in Colombia and had something to do with shamans and medicine men in, in her, her, her native uh, country. And then she moved and became a nurse and worked in medicine. And she ended up, uh, a friend of hers, I think it was, a young man in his 30s, ends up with pancreatic cancer. And he had grown up in this family of medicine men, shamans in rural, you know, native Colombia. Uh, and he had he had decided he turned his back on all that. He didn't want to move to the city and worked in tech and drank and smoked and all the rest of the things that young people do in Colombian cities, probably. And he got pancreatic cancer and they gave him six months to live. And he goes home. And he says, what am I going to do? And she described what they did, which was like bury him in the earth for days at a day at a time, like eight hours. And he had to lay naked in the sun and he had to take herbs. And he had to, uh, they said the reason for this was you lost your connection with nature and who you were meant to be. You were born into a family of shamans. So some people could live that life in a, in a city. That's sort of their, you know, path or their destiny. But you couldn't. You tried, and that's what happened to you. You come home, and then he got healed. The whole thing went away, and he became a shaman and lived for another 30, 40 years and never came back. And I think that's what we're talking about. Yep. Now, I don't know if that's going to happen to everybody. Like I said, I don't even know if that's a true story. Uh, I suspect it is. But uh, that's the new medicine, reconnection with nature and who you are and what is your story. And I think I'm going to stop there. And so that's why we wanted to do this. And now uh, I want to introduce our my friend, Adam Willette. And Adam, tell us who you are, why you want to do this, 
How did you get here? And anything else you think is relevant here? And welcome. Thank you, Tom. No, it's a uh, it's a great pleasure to be uh, talking to you again today. And uh, just looking back over the last couple of years, you know, before I I first met you, Tom, I would have never imagined I would have been sitting here today doing this. So this is this is something. Yeah. But it's it's you know what you just said obviously resonates with me um, about the story you told, and about you know a lot of what's wrong in the world right now is we're not connected to what we should be yeah. right we're we're connected to artificial things uh fake things and um once we get more grounded connected to each other through like you said through story um the loved ones around us and um the nature around us which nourishes us you know it really comes down to some simple things you know the, the sunlight uh, the energy from the sunlight you know the air we breathe the energy from that the water that we consume and the, the food that nourishes us and from the soil and that. So these, these things are, are very basic, but uh, if I step back and kind of talk about my, my journey, I do, I do agree that we each kind of have a path and um, until we really walk that path, we really don't know what it is. I remember as a, as a young child asking, uh, you know, people that had been, uh, you know, adults and, and kind of taking a certain path in life and ask them how they got there and trying to figure out, you know, what I wanted to do. And, um, you know, a lot of them said, you know, it's, you'll know in time. And that's, that's what I found true. And especially in these last couple of years. Um, so I started off, you know, fairly young, knowing that I wanted to be in, uh, in the healthcare field. Was and, there any uh, reason for that, that you know of, like, were you, did you see somebody who was sick or had just had an interest or something? Because I didn't have any reason except that's what everybody told me I should do. Yeah, I think, I mean, I look back, there were definitely a couple experiences I had that that were impressionable. Um, one of them actually was going in a middle school field trip to see open heart surgery. Um, oh. This was in this was in Phoenix and they had a, a heart center there where they had a observatory where you could watch there was basically glass so you didn't have to you know scrub into the room yeah. and you could observe it and so I don't know if it was that instance Tom but that something about that drew me to the interest of the heart for sure and health um, but I just found myself for instance I, I grew up in a large family um, when my mom was sick and all my brothers were gone even going on on big trips or something like would have been really hard to resist you know I, I found myself the one staying home and helping my mom wow. and um, <clears throat> I didn't have any obviously real experience or knowledge about caring for anyone just just uh, did you know was there to take care of her needs and company accompany her but I, I really when things come full circle those things I found are so important you know they, they are the biggest things yeah and, um, and I think that's you know Tom you've talked about you know the the gift of COVID, you know, and I think some of these things, as hard as they've been to see happen uh, with the isolation or whatever it is, what they do is they bring to the forefront how important it is for us to have connection to others. Yes. And, and so that's that again, I guess it has to happen that way. Um, and maybe to really make it that clear for others. But um, so, yeah, I, I kind of knew at a young age, I wanted to, to go into medical school. And so 
I always thought I was going to be a cardiologist. Again, the heart fascinated me. I, th- I really felt like in many facets, the heart was, you know, that's really defined who we were as far as, you know, the physical heart, as far as, well, back then when I thought it was a pumping uh, yeah. mechanical organ, <laughs> but um, even, you know, when you look at a deeper sense of our heart and where, you know, where love comes from and resonates from, which I think is even more profound than which is, is hard to imagine because our lifeblood is our, our, our life. There's no blood. I think if we've anyone that's seen anyone, unfortunately lose a lot, large amounts of blood hemorrhage, there's, there's not going to be life after that. Yeah. But, um, I think even more profoundly is, is the, the love that resonates and, and, and that um, connection from the heart there. So, so I went into medical school, um, Actually, I did a study abroad in Ecuador. So I went down and I studied indigenous medicine right at the end of my undergraduate studies. So in my, my father, especially, he was, you know, uh, more holistic approach. He, you know, looking back, obviously, it was more of the chemically based, you know, alternative medicine with vitamins, probably not so much the true source of, you know, good nutrition but he was always, you know, he they weren't taking medications. They were looking at vitamins and stuff like that and trying to do things on your own as much as possible and living a healthy lifestyle, staying active, all these things. So, yeah. Was I, he a I, healthcare I, practitioner or no? No. So I, I, yeah, I'm the first one in my family right. that kind of took this path. Yeah. Um, and so then I went to Ecuador, studied some indigenous medicine. And actually when I was down there, found out I got accepted to medical school. So it's, you know, it's a big thing at that time in life. And were you like That's an it. apprentice or training with a, a medicine person? No, it, I, actually, I was. It was a study abroad, so I was in a like oh, a, a full semester uh, abroad, and I was just taking different classes. I studied Spanish down there and culture. And I, I just knew I wanted to take a break before I really delved into intense yeah. studies of, of medical school. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, so that, that was a great experience. And then I came back and, and went right into to medical school. Um, definitely not an aside, but, um, you know, not aside of the topic at hand, I found my, my wife to be down there. And uh-huh. so it was one of those yeah. experiences of life that never imagined would happen. And, uh, so, um, went through medical school and when it came time to, as most people probably realize, most physicians then will start to specialize. And this is kind of that compartmentalization of, of science and medicine where everyone gets so expertise that, you know, you can't talk to each other basically. And you can't even talk to other people that aren't, you haven't gone to the same training. So um, when it came time then to apply for which specialty I was going to go into, um, I had been going through my rotations and, and um, you know, I'd gone through surgery and gone through pediatrics and, I went through cardiology and when I realized kind of what it really was going to be like, um, and I had a hope of having a family, I just didn't see how those were going to fit together. Yeah. Um, you know, showing up at four in the morning and rounding at 10 o'clock at night and being on call every third night. Um, I just, I really sat down and, and so I came to a conclusion that, you know, that wasn't my path and my wife wasn't excited about that because she knew when I met her um that that was my passion I'd kind of explain that I knew the heart was really what I wanted to focus on and cardiology was the specialist I wanted to go into and 
And then, so she, uh, she wasn't going to allow me to, you know, she's like, no, you got to follow your passion. And, but I had a change of heart at that point. And I actually applied for um, anesthesiology residency. And I, I really, at that point knew I wanted to start treating people in pain. And so I guess that that's really, when I look back, you know, as a child, Tom, I, when I saw people suffering, I guess I just felt like I really wanted to connect and help people that were suffering. And when it was something physical and physical pain, it's pretty obvious that they're suffering and there's all kinds of other types of suffering that are silent and not so visible and, and maybe not considered painful, but so it was, it was something I, I went into and, um, studied, uh, in a, a program that did have some holistic training. And, and so I always had that in the back of my head and wanting to bring that forward that we worked with, um, alternative practice, uh, physicians and they did acupuncture. And so, so was this was kinda, sort of anesthesia with also pain medicine, pain management stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was kind of, you know, a little bit out of the box, always never really fit in. And I guess when, I guess I skipped ahead from medical school, my experience there, Tom, was that you mentioned at the beginning about some of these things just that aren't so, uh, you know, I was the student up in class after lecture, after genetics class and immunology and, um, you know, these various different classes asking questions because it never really added together, you know, molecular biology and and uh, you know the machinery of the cell, it just didn't resonate. And I so obviously I studied it so I could pass the test yeah. and, and move forward, but it really never answered. And so I think I was a little bit of a pain in the butt for some of the professors. I honestly went up there at that point trying to understand, um, but looking back, it, it was it was obvious that it just didn't answer to the way I really felt like the world was made. Yeah, got it. It's interesting. A lot of us, there's this sense and we don't even know what to do with it. And we keep thinking it's got to be right because everybody thinks so. And and somehow it just doesn't add up. Yeah. And I, I heard a quote not too long ago. I think it was a Victor Schauberger quote that said that we think the things that are difficult to understand are the most profound. And it's not true. Yeah, right. you know the things that are difficult to understand are that way because they're they're false. You know, yeah. they they don't answer to the heart because they're not true. They're not real. Right. And like you and Tom said, as we really connect back to nature, um, and who we are, then we have that better lens uh, to see what is real and what is not real. And so, yeah, so the profound things are, you know, I think the things that are really profound are in nature are very simple and beautiful. Yeah. But. yeah. So yeah. it's so, yeah, an amazing through. revelation, you know. It's it's actually incredibly profound. And I I used to put it like, I mean, this is a little bit of my arrogance streak, but I used to say, if I wasn't getting the answer to the question, then the question was wrong. There's there's something flawed in the in the in in the in the the question or it just uh, there's no way to make sense of this in mm -hmm. which case you have to look at it from a whole different point of view because there's no way that you can keep going with that it just doesn't it's just the question's wrong yeah yeah 
So I, so I, uh, you know, went through training and then uh, started practice and um, definitely, you know, practice in, in, in modern medicine, uh, the connection. It to wasn't patients. as an anesthesiologist, more as a pain management. Pain management doctor. Yep. Yeah. Not putting so, people to sleep so much. Nope. Yeah. So, so yeah, I was seeing people and uh, patients in clinic came in with, you know, everything from, you know, headaches to to joint pain. And, you know, I think that the largest percentage of patients with spine, you know, back pain, that's probably the most common complaint. Yeah. Um, so these are chronic pain issues, pain that people have had for, for a while, not, you know, coming in with an emergency of this hurts or that hurts. Yeah. And so it was interesting time. I started to find out to, to realize that for some of these patients, I was starting to become more of a general practitioner to them than their own, you know, PCP, their own primary care doctor. And, um, they would come to me and, and I wasn't the one reached out to them, but they would come in and start asking questions about what I thought about this or that. And, um, you know, the patients that were also looking probably for more of a holistic, natural approach to, and, and some of them, I think were just looking for someone to listen to them, Tom, because it, yeah, one of the most totally. profound experiences I've had in my practice, you know, I've seen some people that have just been in severe, severe do daily activities, pain was so intense. Not for you know a day or a couple of days, but for years, sometimes decades. And some of these patients, you know, they they had basically at the end of the road. They had seen so many different doctors and had spent so much time and so much money searching. And they come to you and and um, when I was looking to help them, sometimes they're you know it was interesting when they come back to see me for a follow up, and I would get their chart and would kind of have what they're you know, the pain level, you know, everyone gets this subjective pain level. And uh, I would go in there and I'd kind of kind of be disappointed because it looked like there wasn't much progress. I wasn't helping them. And sometimes I'd open the door and some of these patients would just start crying, literally tears coming down. And uh, they would say, you know, Dr. Willette, thank you so much. And I would, I would try to stop them and say, no, no, no. Like, I, I want to help you more. It looks like you haven't seen much improvement. And they're like, no, you know, you're the first person that's truly listened to me. Yeah, I've been to you wouldn't believe how many people I've gone to, but you're the first person that actually listened to me. And uh, as I've come to understand pain, uh, you know, is part of the healing process with a lot of, a lot of, you know, conditions. And so just like a lot of the misconstruement of what's going on when we think we have illness or disease, we think it's something bad. Well, that's from a mindset of our bodies are, dysfunctional <laughs> our body there's something wrong with our bodies but they're miraculous but we do have to go through some of these processes that are painful sometimes and whatever the symptoms are most of the time it's the body's effort to try to heal but when yeah. we're not giving it what it needs or we're suppressing it with medication or negative thoughts um whatever it is fear you know that i have this scary disease or this bug is going to attack me those things derail and work against our body and um and then we start to battle against our own healing process so so that was, you know, that I, was really I, I just wanted to stop you for a minute that what you said was so, so similar to my experience 
I don't know how many times I, I would have somebody come in with, say, lupus or I don't know, rheumatoid arthritis or Guillain-Barre, and, and they would come in, they would tell me their symptoms, and I'd listen to them in the way that we both have learned to do, uh, really listen. And then I would see them again, and I'd say, how are you doing? Oh, so much better, so much better. Uh, how's your lupus? Yeah, I still have lupus. I don't worry about it so much anymore. Yeah. <laughs> in in my early years, I thought, wait a minute, I'm I'm all I care about is is curing their lupus. <laughs> and they yeah. they would say, yeah, I you know my joints hurt every once in a while. I'm fine. And I just thought this is the weirdest thing, but it's exactly what you're saying. They. They're, they were so much better and they were so thankful to me. And I'm like, oh, this didn't work, you know, and they still have lupus and whatever. But yeah. Yeah, that's, you know, what you just said, you've talked about, you know, the the labels of disease, you know, these different yeah. names, diseases get put on. And again, what we understand is is very different than that. These are these are not, um, you know, a lot of times these are just the healing process, you know, from whatever it is. And and a lot of times it is something emotional or it's not always something physical, right? Yeah. Um, especially nowadays with the fear that's going on. And it's, that's pretty, um, you know, incredible to see how that plays out societal wide. But um, yeah, it's the disease part when, when you get so focused on the label um, you really forget what really matters, you know, and that, that's what I've seen in, in stepping back and seeing this from a different way over the last few years is, you know, that experience, I was so perplexed when I first heard patients describe that they, they, you know, they were just so emotional, you know, about how, how we had impacted them. Yeah. And, and yet, you know, yeah, if you focus on the disease label, it's still there potentially, you know, yeah. a fake disease label. But that we really focused on life, you know, how, how are you living, you know, and they, you know, they just were just overflowing with gratitude. And that that's for me, Tom, what gives the greatest gratitude. And it's, you know, it's a great privilege, because it's not anything really in the end that you and I have to know or do, you know, we're, we're, I think, guiding people. And uh, that's, that's really takes a lot of pressure off, because, you know, growing up, you know, you know, I'm sure you experienced it, Tom, you know, our schooling, these systems are very competitive, there can be a lot of pressure put on you to know, and you have to be the expert and uh, people are coming to you. And, and this is it's a lot different, because that's not the way life works. You know? <laughs> it's not up to me or Tom to, to, to do this, we, you know, it's we can help people, you can guide people there, for sure. But in the end, you know, it's, it's your own body, that's going to yeah. Heal when you when you provide it what it needs and take away the the garbage and you know and, and it, again i don't know if you saw this but the person who's full of gratitude and feels so much better and they can do so much more and then it, like especially quote normal doctors they look at the mri and i would do that too and by the way nobody goes to a pain doctor who's not been through like years of trouble right cuz you just don't go you you do your your opiates or whatever first but anyways so you you see the mri the mri is the same 
sometimes sometimes it's better but sometimes same person's so much better they're so grateful they have their life back and again for me i used to ah oh, this is terrible you know i didn't fix their mri and uh, i i was quickly uh learned that that's that's not where it's at <laughs> yep well it's true tom that's unfortunately where you know a lot of uh yeah, you know, for sure, surgeons, you know, if it's just a, a physical thing, you know, they're they're trying to fix the image, you know, instead of fix the person. We're we're much yeah. more than a MRI image, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, when you start getting into it, it's really hard to know what those things even mean. So, and I'm sure you know a lot about that. Yeah, it's you know because it's the big thing with that is there can be changes over time, but you know, when you, you put a preference, you know, or priority rather on, on that over who's sitting in front of you or who's, who you're talking to, that that's where you can go awry for sure. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So maybe give us a sense of uh, what your, I don't know if you word strategy or what, what, what would it be like for Joe Blow or Mary, whoever, to uh, call up and say, "I want to talk to Adam and see if he can help me." What would what would happen then? Yeah, so I I just going back briefly, Tom, when you did that introduction, you know, I I think what you've been providing the information you've been talking about, um, you know, on a high level can help so many of us. And I you know I've learned so much from you, Tom, over the last couple of years. You things you brought to light. Um, and I think for a lot of us, you know, simple things, we have these common experiences, you know, common cold, you know, and that's obviously, I know you've talked about these things. We don't need to go into detail there, but we have these common experiences. I think that a lot of us with a little bit of knowledge, um, you know, we can see things that can help us um, with these different illnesses. Um, but I think you know, really this, this new initiative that we want to co come out with are things maybe that are, are more difficult and people are having more difficult time getting through. Yeah. And, uh, so I think really, uh, at the core of this, Tom, is like you said, at the beginning is the story, right? And this is something we've talked about. You've talked about is each of us has our own story. So there does become a time where it's not this common experience. And that's where I think Tom was alluding to that. You really need to be in the right headspace and really understand and connect to that person. Because if you start doing cookie cutter medicine, which is modern medicine is cookie cutter, there's algorithms. And so that's a totally different approach because, you know, if I don't know Tom and he says he has something going on, um, you know, there's, there's a lot, there could be a lot there, you know, and sometimes yeah. it's very obvious, you know, I, I was feeling good. And then, you know, I rolled up my sleeve and they jabbed me here. And then <laughs> you know, my face you know. is drooping and I can't feel anything and I have shocking pain. And I saw, you know, so those, there are the, the obvious, but then, um, you know, a lot of this, uh, you know, kind of understand is there, um, when you look at the cause of illness, you know, you get to the root cause of, of things, there's, there's physical things, but then there's also the energetics you know emotional trauma and conflict that we all struggle with internally and i i would say is we probably have a bigger problem there because it's, it's not recognized if, if even given any lip service you know it's yep. not even really acknowledged let alone 
talked about as far as how do we how do we get through these and so a lot of times that is helping maybe helping someone peel back those layers of what's how did I get here and and what's going on and how do I get out of this yeah so I think getting getting to the root cause again when you look at a lot of things in life and nature you know a lot of times it is the energetics that is the cause and then the physical manifestation is actually the effect so yeah the cause is the core and that's what i think really got to look at getting down to so that's something i've been you know working with tom on and just trying to understand that um as i've been um learning from tom and and spending time visiting over the last few years is is how there's you know there is there is a uh, i guess an art to that maybe a science to that is how do you how do you interview someone and talk to them and and um i think it is you know a, a talent or a, and a skill you can work on and so yeah um really allowing someone to open up and um connect because you know we're all at different levels you know we're you know in our in our journey and so i've found is that's one of the biggest things is uh, most physicians don't spend any time trying to connect nowadays it's you know you get your laptop here and you wouldn't believe how many patients came in and said the doctor never even looked at me you know if they did there there wasn't any any connection made there was no relationship made so yeah it is you know someone is going to try to help you you know guide you to health there has to be at some level you know understanding where you're at so you can connect and um, help them get to where they want they want to be Got it. So first, it's essentially you're creating a vessel and in the vessel emerges the story and the story tells you the first cause it may not be the final cause, but it, the first thing that happened that provoked whatever the experience the person's going through. And then you interface with that cause. If it's they got poisoned, you deal with the poison. If they got if it's emotional trauma, you help them work through that. Whatever it is, you work help them work through that, and then maybe there's a new, a deeper cause, and then a deeper cause, and you just keep peeling back the layers, and then you get to the end of the rainbow, and realize you were always there in the first place. Yeah, yeah. A lot of these things, Tom, are, are it's it's incredible, you know, and you know. So again, coming from. I've thought it in the last couple of years, you know, you know, why did I go through all the training and Googling, you know, and, uh, time, immense amount of time and, um, you know, all the funds, you know, the money yeah. that went into my training and all that. Um, but I think it, it is helpful. I think if I didn't have that experience, it might be more difficult to kind of help guide people from that perspective of what we've been taught in our schooling. And, and obviously this goes beyond even, you know, like medical school, you know, ultimately for me, but even in our basic biology, what we're taught in grade school and high school and college or whatever, the sciences, you know, the, the study, uh, you know, how living things work is, it's pretty basic. There's the basic elements, you know, that ancient people understood was, you know, there's energy, fire, there's air, there's water, you know, there's earth, there's yeah. some minerals of earth. And, uh, that's, it's a, it's a, a incredible, beautiful system. And, uh, it's, it's a lot simpler than what we were taught because there, there's no end. I mean, 
when you look at all the textbooks, you know, you know, you read and then you look at nowadays, uh, you know, all the studies coming out of science, it's just incredible. I don't even know how many publications are coming out, you know, that are don't even probably get printed anymore. They're just put on on the Internet. But it's an endless amount of information that just based off of false models that are, you know, yeah. are, are not true. Yeah, not true. And obviously, you know, some of these are pretty in the forefront in the last couple of years, you know, whether it's the germ theory, you know, genetics. And and um, the one thing with those is they're always, you know, fear provoking. They bring anxiety and fear that this something out of your control is going to come change your genes. And um, that can't happen. <laughs> or there's, you know, <laughs> yeah uh you know some right some it's virus just your it's gonna genes come, it's gonna come you got nothing you. to do with it yeah yeah and that's the other part tom it takes away your personal responsibility you know there yeah. there are consequences to your action there's cause and effect in this life yeah and if you don't believe it then uh you know if someone unfortunately runs right into a wall you'll realize there's cause and effect to different things you know yeah you know, and maybe I, I thought if if you wouldn't mind sharing, you told me the story about I think it was your shoulder, just just as an example of something that probably wouldn't have healed that uh, because of what you have learned, uh, sounds like it did heal. Maybe if you could share that story. Sure. Yeah. So I um, we are on a family vacation on the beach and um, a lot of wind out there throwing the nerf football through the wind and through kind of threw my shoulder out and so um went home and it was you know pretty painful kind of seemed like it was taking a normal uh course of healing seemed like it was slowly getting better but initially the first few weeks was really painful difficulty sleeping started getting better where it wasn't you know kind of a, a daily pain but um you know still was having trouble maybe throwing or using it for certain uh motions and then um kind of seemed like i was kind of right on the precipice of getting better woke up one night and i was stretching my arm back and felt a pop and severe pain and it, it, you know it got it was worse than it was to begin with at that point and i was like oh okay this is something something snapped there and yeah. um so yeah that, and you're that, very that familiar was... with these kind of things in your yeah, work so yeah, I was, I was pretty certain at that point I tore my labrum. Um, and so I actually went and got an MRI and the MRI showed a, you know, complete labral tear, which is considered a surgical fix only. There's, you know, there's different injuries. If you go in with like a rotator cuff injury and it's a certain tear, you know, it's known that over time that can heal. Um, but modern medicine, you know, if it's you know a complete tear, that's surgery. It's the only, only option. You go straight to the surgeon. So um, you know, I, I wasn't interested in that. And so um, this was actually in the last couple of years. So some of these new modalities we're, we're looking at, um, I had used the sauna space um, near infrared uh, sauna on that. And yeah. so I started when I started putting um, that, that energy on that shoulder. Um, and, and so actually, so it wasn't immediate. So this was actually some time. And it was, it was that nagging injury. I knew I, you know, had torn the labrum. Um, and the pain was actually a lot more severe than it was before. And I wasn't able to, to use it really for anything more than just daily activities. It, um, you know, came to a point where I was like, I need to look at something else. 
and it was it was pretty profound healing that started happening after I started putting the near infrared on there. And so we see again with you know these core elements of fire or heat. Um, that's yeah. what our body needs to heal at certain times, and obviously nourishing it what it get, what it needs, and so making sure we're getting the proper nourishment and nutrition. Um, and um, it was it's completely fine. I can throw as good as I ever have before and didn't, didn't have to go through surgery. So that's, these are the amazing stories that when you're stuck in a model where, you know, surgery is the only option or this toxic medication is now, you know, now you're so sick, you really need to take this toxic medication. And these things all have, as we know, very real potential side effects and complications where natural things, they don't come with side effects. <laughs> Yeah. And it's you not, did uh, some aqua cure on it as well, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I you know, I, I, at that point just started doing the aqua cure as well, which is, you know, molecular hydrogen or the, um, you know, plasma form of water, the, the Brown's gas. Yes. And I think that, you know, the energy that that provides through the hydrogen is, is really is profound healing as well. You know, I, I, my experience with that, Tom, is, you know, I'm, I'm in my early 40s, but I've, I've done some physical exertions that I, I would have done like when I was 20 and I was probably peak, you know, fitness. I was very, very active, you know, very yeah. fit. And I, I, I have done stuff that I would have been pretty sore after doing some of those events recently when I'm not as in good a shape and, you know, felt no soreness. So it's just, it's amazing, you know, recovering and, um, the healing that that I think helps give as well. So there's, there are, I think there are some amazing, amazing tools that we have to, to help people. And, um, they're, they're not unfortunate. Unfortunately, they're not known, you know, by, by mainstream medicine. Yeah. Um, but they're, they're tools that can definitely help us. Um, yeah. So essentially, then, once you hear the story, uh, you know, and again, we may talk about some and, you know, we'll probably talk every week just because I'm so I can be nosy and hear what's happening. Uh, but then you can sort of match them, you know, well, you have this. So why don't you put some more heat on it or light or take more minerals or eat better or we need to talk about your relationships or whatever, whatever it is that that's how this is going to look. And then they, you know, do that for a week or a month or six weeks or whatever, talk again. And uh, that's basically what we're talking about here. Yep. Yeah. I, th I think kind of, it seems like the people that have reached out to you, Tom, you know, that have been looking for to someone to help them, you know, directly, you know, they, they really want someone to hear their personal story. Yeah. That's really what we want to do here. So. I mean, I think it's uh, it's a really exciting time. I mean, I, I think again, as as much as we've seen, um, you know, unfortunately, a lot of harm done. Um, yeah. You know, it's it this this is I've never seen a more exciting time as well, because yeah. I think the what we're changing here, the whole model is, is shifting, and I think a lot of people are waking up and looking for it. I I saw it in my general practice as well you know, over the last couple of years, more people were saying, you know what, just, I don't understand exactly what's going on here, but this doesn't add up, it, you know, yeah, something so. doesn't make sense here. Yeah. And I, so I think the people that want to follow their heart and 
been saying and, and what we're talking about today really resonates with them, I think this is this is going to be really exciting because, um, you know, we can we can build this together. Um, you know, we don't have to look at Tom or I as as knowing all, but um, you know, we we can definitely help help you get to where you want to get with health. I think so. Great. Adam, this is really exciting, and I, I'm just so appreciative of your participation, and I'm so glad people got a chance to uh, just sort of hear who you are, and uh, yeah, it's, it just makes me feel really optimistic and happy about where we can take this, and then we build one step, and then we make a curriculum, and then we help other people learn how to do it, and we hopefully change somewhat the face of medicine so that it's a much better world we leave than what we came with. Yeah, Tom, that's, you know, and this, these things, again, they, they, it's all connected, you know, that this has yeah. to do with how you're living and your life and in every which way. And so we've been, we've been homeschooling our kids. And, you know, when you talked about curriculum, I think it's so important that we help to educate, you know, everyone, you know, from practitioners, others that are helping people to, to the, anyone in the population, but especially our kids as well as giving them, you know, and, and again, these things, I, I think the truth is, is written in our hearts. A lot of the stuff, when I think back, you know, Tom is like a way I've, I've learned so much from you, but a lot of the stuff is just like somewhere deep down, you knew it, yeah. but you just never let it come out, you know, and it's like, wow, okay. Yeah. That, yeah, that's the way it is. You know, I think it's a lot more of that than it's just, yeah, people, you, you don't learn anything that you didn't already know. Uh, and that's, you know, to come full circle is when I actually the first time I heard you speak, Tom, right at the beginning of, of this, you know, a couple of years ago is it was just everything answered right to my heart. And it was like, wow, yeah. that's, that's the way I see it. Yep. Yeah. And so then when I, um, <clears throat> when I knew that, you know, I wanted to, to get further into this and I reached out to you you know, I would have never imagined today we'd have been sitting here talking yeah, about right. this. So that's, that's the amazing thing is, you know, the, the possibilities are, are really endless. So I think yeah. that's what we need to focus on is we need to, you know, we need to, obviously, it, there is a, there's definitely importance of exposing lies, you know, again, you, you can't get to the truth if you're believing something that's false. So I think that's a big part of it is, is, you know, seeing it for what it is, and then in the end, focus on all the good that we have, you know, the, the truth and the things that are honest and the things that are, you know, real. Those, yeah. those are the things we can focus on, Tom. All right, Adam. Uh, this was great. I, I just, again, so looking forward to it. Thank you so much for joining me with this and joining in my life. It's a gift. It goes, well, it's, yeah, it's mutual, Tom. I, uh, want to thank you as well um i really appreciate you reaching out to me and and this is uh, it's going to be a fun journey together so all right to it. okay everybody and uh thanks for watching and we will let you know all the details and how to sign up and what the all the fees and, and everything that has to do with it and there's some other exciting stuff about movement and we'll be adding more people and uh we're off to the races. Thank you, Adam. You bet. Yeah, look forward to growing, growing this team. That's what it's all about is community and we can grow a community here together. So, Okay, thank you, Adam.
拜，拜拜，拜拜。